we are going to be reading out of Matthew 17, and you can find that on page 973 in the blue uh, Bibles in the pews. And we're going to be reading verses 1 through 8. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Good morning. My name is Mary Meek. Uh, on January 1st this year, I thought about all the events of the past year and that I needed to establish a goal to improve my Good morning. My name is Mary Meek. Uh, on January 1st this year, I thought about all the events of the past year and that I needed to establish a goal to improve my life. I kept hearing about that on the news and everywhere I went that uh, about goals. So I thought of my physical goals and my spiritual goals with all the emotional struggles and pain of multiple family losses. My husband, nephew, and brother-in-law, I'd lost my daily focus on prayer and Bible studies. Then on Sunday, Pastor Josh spoke about prayer being an intimate relationship with God, the reasons we don't pray and how to get better at prayer. I had received a prayer plan for 21 days of prayer handout and studied it as he spoke. Earlier that morning, I had started reading a book called Preparing to Meet Jesus by Ann Graham Lott. And in the last paragraph of the introduction, I read the following sentence. Please join us in a 21-day challenge as we examine ourselves and prepare to meet Jesus face-to-face. Wow, I thought to myself that maybe God was trying to tell me something. I had read and heard twice that morning about 21 days. What is it about that? I knew I had to pay attention and I vowed I would listen and obey to the best of my ability. Monday morning came and I looked at my yellow prayer plan. I went to the basement, turned off the lights, covered my shoulders with my favorite afghan, got on my knees and set a timer for 15 minutes. With my head bowed in complete submission, I started to pray 
I found that I was at a loss for words. So I waited patiently for the Holy Spirit's presence to come. I begged him to clear my mind of all the clutter and to be with me. I remained in submission as he gently comforted me and brought peace to my soul. I found the words of thankfulness and praise that I needed to express and ask him to help me in my commitment. I heard the timer buzz and with tears in my eyes, I turned it off and continued in prayer. In Psalms 8, 3 to 4, it says that when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. And it struck me that God is so powerful. He came, he touched me. I know he was always waiting and able to care for my every need. He had proved that to me this year over and over again, every step of the way through this journey that I've taken this year. And I praise him now more than ever before. Thank you, God, for helping me to be renewed in your love and your mercy. Thank you. Amen. Yeah, put your hands together for Mary Meeks. So sweet hearing that testimony. She, she blessed us, came by the office Monday of this past week and shared, shared her little prayer experience with us, which was a, a gift, a gift to have. So if you have any prayer testimonies, any moments with God that you'd like to share with your church family, it's, it's always a blessing to hear how God's meeting us. So thanks for sharing that with us, Mary. Uh, my name's Josh, the pastor here. Excited to be with you on uh, this beautiful sunny day. A little cold, but beautiful and sunny. We're continuing our 21 days of prayer uh, today, and uh, I just want to tell a story about a, a similar experience that Mary shared that I, that I had in, in prayer. Uh, it was a few years ago, and this is, uh, I, I showed up to my monthly day of silence and solitude pretty much uh, with my tank bone dry, pretty, pretty desolated. Uh, it was early spring in Michigan which means that it's still very much winter. <laughs> and, uh, and that winter had been particularly loaded because we raced to remodel our basement uh, because we, Isla was gonna be born uh, in the beginning of February. And we, we had a tiny uh, previously condemned fixer upper house that so we needed some more space. So we added a bathroom and remodeled the basement, which was intense. And we were in the depth of COVID isolation uh, at this point in history, and we were living in a city we were new to, so we didn't have a lot of connections, you know, pre-COVID to, to lean on, and, and it felt impossible to, to make friends in the middle of COVID, and I was so lonely. And then looking into the summer was kind of daunting because we were looking at a summer of more house remodeling. Our kitchen and main floor bath because they were just disgusting and we had little you know little people crawling around on the floors and stuff like that it was it just needed to be done but after doing the basement I was just like terrified of a summer of remodeling with you know three kids three and under it was like why, why did I do this to myself and 
it would, during the basement project, I hated how like preoccupied I was. Like I felt guilty of how like preoccupied on money in the project and didn't feel really uh, present to my wife and kids. And so I'm sitting there in uh, my favorite chair, just kind of throwing myself a pity party. Uh, I'm all alone. It's all on me. I wish I had some wise older person to ask questions. And um, I was going through the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, these kind of guided scripture prayer thing. And I got to Isaiah 55. Let me read it to you. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And I felt like God saying, I'm pretty old. You could ask me some questions. So I did. I said, God, I'm so anxious about this thought of doing a, 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 another remodeling project. Uh, I hate being so focused on money and the, the project and, wor- and you're worrying if I'm gonna do something that's gonna make the house fall apart or something. And, and I heard him say, well, does your, does your wife want you to do this project? And I was like, yes. She's very tired of having only one drawer in the kitchen. Do you have the money to do it? Yes. And he asked, do you like doing that kind of work? Yeah, I, I love working with my hands and making something old, new. And he said, then why don't you just go for it and try to enjoy yourself? <laughs> yeah. It was such a lift of a burden. Like my heavenly father in heaven had seen me, kind of pierced through the anxiety fog, and just said, enjoy being a human on the earth. I felt invited by my father to enjoy joining him in making all things new. And then I asked, well, what do you have to say to me about my loneliness deep in COVID with no friends in a new city? And he brought to mind the names of three guys that I connected with a little bit at church and who, who I liked. And I felt the invitation to ask those guys to, to meet with me you know, just on a regular basis for spiritual brotherhood which I was a little wary about because I've spent a lot of my adult life trying to like gather bros together for like spiritual brotherhood and it's, it's, a, hard, it's a hard slog sometimes. Not everybody's interested in that. Uh, but a few days later, I, I asked these guys that God brought to mind and I was like totally softballing it. Like I wasn't trying, you know, it was like a first date. They didn't want to come on too, too strong, too soon or whatever. And so I'm like, you know, we could just meet, like, I don't know, a couple times a month and just, you know, just kind of like, just, you know, I don't know, like a, lot, a lot of stuff like that. And these guys were like, no, we need to meet every week, and we're going to do service projects together. We're going to take turns leading us through a prayer in the Psalms every time we get together, and then we're going to go prayer walk the river and find the lost people to talk to. And they just, like, one-upped my idea, which is my love language. I feel so loved when I present an idea that I'm, like, trying to bring down, and they're like, no, let's, let's, let's ratchet it up. Let's go bigger. Uh, and I ended up walking with those guys for like two years, some of the sweetest spiritual fellowship uh, that, that, that I've had. It was two years where I really didn't feel, feel that lonely. It was such a gift. I tell that story because it is one of the times that I felt most seen and loved by God in the, in the details of my life. 
you know, been to seminary, studied the Bible, been in church, you know theologically God of God's love, but it was in this space of prayer, asking God questions, where I felt seen and loved by God in the, in the details of my life. That's the main idea behind what we're going to talk about today, this idea of listening prayer. And the, the main idea is that it is in listening prayer that we feel seen and loved by God. Not generically, not abstractly, not just theologically, but in the nitty-gritty, the real things that we're experiencing. Listening prayer goes hand-in-hand hand with what we talked about last week. Still have your bracelet on, um, more than the lobby if you lost it or whatever, which is pray what you got. Start by showing up to God in prayer and just whatever it is. You're angry, you don't like him, you don't like your spouse, you don't like your kids, you don't like what, you know, whatever, whatever you're feeling. And of course, positive emotions too. Those are easier to share to God. But uh, whatever you have, just pray brutally honest prayers to God. And then listen. Listening, you know, praying what you've got and listening prayer are like, two pieces of scissors, you know, think about scissors, you're not going to cut a lot with just one, you need both of them to kind of chop something, and if prayer is, this is what we defined it as last week, the conversation that come, the conversation with God that comes uh, from an intimate relationship, that just naturally flows out of an intimate relationship with God, then it would naturally follow that it would be a two-sided conversation, that it would not just be a monologue it would naturally flow that in the intimacy that Jesus purchased for you and me on the cross when he cleansed us of sin, offered us forgiveness, reconciled us to God as beloved children, that my loving, present father might have something to say to me specifically. <clears throat> now, I don't know, I'm still new here, I don't know what listening prayer sounds like to you. It could be brand new. It could be something you've wanted to lean into your whole life and waiting for someone to talk about it. It could be something that you have baggage about. You've seen done poorly in other places or other churches. Wounds from people who claim to listen to God and hear and speak on his behalf and, and hurt you. Doing that, People have hurt others by claiming to hear God. It's true. But one of the to be honest, silliest postures towards life, uh, what I've called the 11th commandment, and the church people are particularly vulnerable to the 11th commandment, is thou shalt not do anything that someone else does poorly. You ever had the argument with someone about that, like, like this? You're like trying to talk to them about something good and they're like, well this other person does it so bad, so I'm just never gonna do it. It's kind of exhausting. But it does happen, we see someone doing something, and it might be a good thing or some, helpful to some people, but they do it in a bad way, so we just, you know, this is throw the baby out with the bathwater. And it is true, there have been abuses of hearing God's voice, uh, but there's, it's also true that there's been abuses of people misapplying the Bible. They're not gonna stop reading the Bible because people have used it to hurt others or control or manipulate or oppress others. Of course not. So wherever you are in listening prayer, my plea, invitation, is just be curious with me about listening prayer for the next 30 minutes or so, because I believe listening prayer is one of the most powerful, most underrated parts of the Christian life. 
It has incredible potential to open you up to healing and God's love. So let's jump in. Start with why we don't do listening prayer. Why we don't listen in prayer. The first thing is maybe we might be scared of being heretical. Or just feel kind of scared of like, how do I know if it's God's voice or just, you know, the tacos I ate last night, like making me think and feel things or, or something like that. Well, let me just say this first right out front. Anything that anyone hears from God will always be in line with Scripture. It won't contradict Scripture. It won't even necessarily be in tension with it. If it's from God, it will be in line with what God has already said in his authoritative word, the 66 books of the Bible. Did I say it again? We're on the same page? Not, no, we're not going to have, you know, the book of Brian Arnold where he's going to bring some new revelation. No, this isn't about new. We have the authoritative scripture. We listen to God. And how, how do we know if it's God's voice? Well, if we listen to God, it's going to sound like God. If my phone rings and it's Mark Large and he says, hey, Josh, it's Camille. I'm going to say, like, I don't think it is. That sounds like Mark Large, not Camille. Why? Because I know Mark Large and Camille. I know what their voice sounds like. We will recognize God's voice. In John 10, Jesus says it like this. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And a few verses later, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. We hear the voice of God. It's going to sound like God. It's going to make sense with who God has revealed himself to be in Scripture. Here's, here's an example from my life. One of the things I've done that's very hard to do, uh, but when I have people in my life that... Um, I mean, we, you know, we all have people that, you know, like extra grace required people or whatever, but this is like, like a more intense, this happened like twice. There's been like two people over the, you know, my journey through life that have just like really hurt me and just seems, it just seems so broken and stuck and painful. I just felt crushed, uh, you know, just where, it, it, to whatever degree that's objective or just that was my subjective experience, you know, just like so much like angst and like mental energy and anger going towards these two people. Uh, and two times I've done this in a time of prayer. Uh, I imagine Jesus sitting there with me in the room, like across the room in another chair. And I'm like, Jesus, what do you have to say to me about this person? And both times, Jesus, in my you know, imagination, has got this big, joyful grin. And he chuckles and is like, oh, man, I love that guy. I know it's hard right now. It's not right what's happening right now. But I love that guy, and he is not an obstacle to you, to what I'm trying to do in your life. And I will bring redemption in your life and his through this situation. That sounds like something King Jesus would say. That sounds something that a joyful, sovereign, loving king would say. But was that just me? No. I just got done praying in precatory psalms. Like, I just got one in the wrath of God to come down on these people. That's where my heart was at. Like, that's all I had to pray to God as I'm praying what I've got. I'm not chuckling and saying I love that guy. That seemed like something that the Holy Spirit would, would say. 
And while it didn't make you know, the pain of interacting with those guys go away, I felt seen by God in that. And, and, and in hindsight, I can see how it's true that Jesus used both of those cir- circumstances to, to move me through life to a place I'm happy to be in right now, which is a house with no major projects to do, amongst other things. Being here with you is great as well. That was a joke. Another reason we don't listen to God is because we don't understand the scriptures. This is like one of the just biggest puzzles I have is because it's a lot of times it's like people who are really intense about the Bible that might push back or be resistant to listening prayer when it the way I read the Bible like it seems like the Bible is telling us to do this there's a lot we could talk about biblically from uh, about listening prayer but I just want to do a couple brief passages the first is what Lori read for us One of the few times in the New Testament where the audible voice of God comes down out of a cloud, it says, this is my son, whom I loved. With him I'm well pleased. And what? Listen to him. God spoke from the heavens to the disciples and said, listen to my son. Yes, that means immerse ourselves in scripture. Yes and amen. Particularly the gospels. Like it's how we get to familiar with Jesus' voice and what he's like. But there's more. Look at what Jesus himself said in John 14. This is a, fa- a farewell discourse last night with his disciples. He said, all this I have spoken while I'm still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. <clears throat> and a couple chapters later, he says, it, he says this, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in to all truth. The Bible just said there's more than, than, than what Jesus told us in the scriptures. We believe that what the, the Bible says, which is that the Holy Spirit, God, the third person of the Trinity, lives where? In our bodies, in us. And if according to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is, is meant to come and to teach us all things, to remind us of what Jesus has said, and then to guide us into the truth, then if we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to be Bible people and do what the Bible says, it seems like learning to hear God, to hear the God who lives in our bodies is an important thing, that there's things he wants to say to us. There's so much more scripture we could look at regarding <clears throat> hearing God speak so if you're struggling with this, you know, let's talk about it this week. Let's get coffee or something like that. But I, I want to take, I want to get practical. I want to spend the rest of our time talking about how to hear God, how to do listening prayer. First off, generally, you probably already know this. It took me a while. This me? Nope, here we're back. Is that listening is a skill very few people are born with. A lot of people... <clears throat> other people become pastors because they have a lot to say. And then you get to be a pastor and you realize that most of being a pastor is listening. <laughs> if you want to be a good pastor, most of your job is listening very carefully, learning how to ask questions and to be present to other beings, other people, other persons, rather than just you know, waiting for your turn to talk or whatever. Uh, so it, 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 takes, it takes practice 
to be a good listener in general to other people and to God. So be gracious and patient with yourself. You, you know, like there's no, no way to do this like perfectly. We'll mess it up. We'll miss here. We'll have to process or whatever. Uh, it's not hard to hear God's voice, but it does take some, you know, intentionality. Now, the first requirement is to slow down and quiet our hearts. You cannot hear God in a hurry. If God wants to, he can knock you off your horse like Paul. Like, he can do whatever he wants. I'm talking generally, most of the time, normal ways of, of hearing God does not happen in a hurry, which is just kind of like obvious, right? Like we, if we're preoccupied, if we're in a hurry, distracted, we're not gonna, I mean, you can't do anything well relationally in a hurry. You can't love people in a hurry. If you're feeling rushed to get to the next thing on your phone all the time, uh, you can call me a crusty fundamentalist or whatever, but our, our relationship to our phones, I think, is one of the biggest obstacles to experiencing intimacy with God, and others for that matter, but we're here to talk about intimacy with God. So creating space, creating silence to, to be with God is an absolute requirement. Here, here's an analogy. I took Johnny, my son, my six-year-old, to Legoland uh, for his birthday in November, and I did not like it. It was not a good experience. No offense if you like Legoland, because he, here, here's what was going on in Legoland. I don't know if you played with Legos. I, I love it, I'm doing it with Johnny a lot. It's a very, like, slow quiet, like, focused kind of task. And we get to Legoland, and there's one little part where they got some bins of Legos and some cool, like, racetracks. You can build vehicles and send them down the racetracks. But everything else was, like, this, like, shooter video game where you, like, go through a maze and shoot skeleton Legos. Uh, there's, like, a, whirl a whirly carnival ride, a virtual reality thing, and 4D movie theater that, like, spits water at you to make it fourth dimensional or something. And, like, it was heartbreaking to me to see Johnny, who was, like, there to look at Legos, but then he's like, let's go see a movie. Let's do the video game again. Let's spin around on this thing. It's like, if prayer is enjoying being present to building something fun with Legos, it's like most of our life are, like, spinning carnival rides and, like, 40 spitting movies. Uh, you know, it's, just, it's like a different part of our brain. It requires us to slow down and focus and then we try to jump back and forth to like you know an, an intense entertainment or a loud stimulating thing to the still quiet voice of god it will feel incongruous we have to cultivate a life to where coming to a bin of legos and creating something fun is what we uh, want to do which is to say if we want to hear god we must say no to other things which is like any relationship if you haven't, I haven't connected with Camille very much because you know, we're tagging each other out to watch kids or I have evening meetings. You know, it's a question of what do I need to say no to so that we can be present to one another. True of God. If you and God have been ships passing in the night, what might the Holy Spirit be putting on your mind that you need to, to let go of to just be unhurried? It's, it's amazing to me how easy and abundant life feels when we're not in a hurry. And we slow down so that we can pay attention. Attention is the beginning of devotion. It's true for marriage, you know, it's like it, it's, it helps to feel affectionate to someone if you're actually looking at them and listening to them and interacting with them. The same is true for God. 
One author described hearing the voice of God as like feeling a feather on the skin. It's, it's real enough to where you can, you can feel it, but it's also light enough that you can blow it off or miss it if you're distracted by other things. Now, from this place of slowing, stillness, careful attention, which I, I say to kind of maybe prep us, like if this is something I, I hope you feel invited to explore this week, it might feel like a downshift. It might feel like, a, like an, something you have to adapt to, to getting comfortable with silence, getting comfortable with the quiet, letting some stuff that, that we might try to avoid through busyness burble up. But after ma- making that shift, I want to invite you to a, to a practice, which I think is probably the foundation of listening prayer. And it's called Lectio Divina. This is not something I came up with. This is about, I don't know, 1,500 years old. This is, how, this is a way that Christians have prayed and listened to God for a millennia and a half. It's Latin for divine reading, which is essentially praying the scriptures. There's a lot of other ways to listen to God that I would love to talk about, but we'd be here all day. Uh, but I think starting by a prayerful reading of Scripture is like the baseline, the foundation for listening to God. And I think this might, I might step on some toes with this. I think this might be a little bit of a, 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 a growth opportunity for some of us who might be more comfortable coming to Scripture like a textbook, coming to Scripture like we're, we're studying history or some, some kind, kind of with our, our, our left brain, the analytical part of ourselves, looking, you know, mining for hot new insights or information rather than reading the scripture prayerfully in order to relate to God. Now, it is good and essential to study the scriptures deeply, to immerse ourselves in the story of the Bible. But if the only way we interact with the Bible is for information, the odds are we'll probably not feel very close to God. And honestly, I have never seen anyone become more like Jesus just by knowing a lot about the Bible. And actually, again, if we're reading the Bible, if we're going to be Bible people, Jesus rebuked in the scriptures the Pharisees, uh, the people in his day who probably had most of the Old Testament memorized. He rebuked them saying this, a terrifying passage. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me and have life. Now, I love the Bible. I've given my life to studying and teaching the Bible. But it is by reading the Bible that I see a warning that we could study it read it a lot, and miss the person that it's meant to point us to. Miss the person it's meant to create intimacy with for us. Lectio Divina is an answer to the danger of diligently studying the scriptures but missing Jesus and the life he has come to give us. And so, to begin praying the scriptures, doing Lectio Divina, we must come to the scriptures alone. It's not every time, I just say, like, to do this particular way of reading, praying the scriptures and listening to God. Come, just you, the unadorned text of scripture, and the Holy Spirit. I realize I might be stepping on toes here. This means no study Bible, 
no phone, no devotional, no other people's thoughts around scripture. Like when was the last time you were alone with just the Bible and the Holy Spirit? Just you and God's word and the Holy Spirit inside of you. I know we love our study Bibles. I love study Bibles. I read commentaries every week. Devotionals can be helpful. I'm not saying they're wrong, but I am saying that I think we'd be foolish if we don't see them for a potential distraction as a way to avoid God by learning facts about him or learning some other person's take on a text. To learn about God the way we might learn about Abraham Lincoln or Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, you know, distant people that we'll never actually know personally, but we can, like, read about. Because what, what, what tends to happen when, we when we're in our study Bibles, we read something that bothers us or we don't understand, and, and we just blow past it, right? We just drop down to the notes, like, explain this away from me, or distract ourselves with some, you know, sidebar thing to avoid thinking too hard or being uncomfortable. But what if instead, before we did that, we prayed, God, I don't like that verse. What do you have to say, to say to me about that? What if we took our questions about God's word to God first and we just listened? I'll do a quick commercial. This is my current favorite edition of the Bible. You see it's single column with like this giant size print. I can, I can see okay. I just, it's really nice to read giant size print. There's some for sale on the uh, book table if you want to go grab one. It doesn't have to be this one. I mean, there's nothing, you know, special about this other than that it's a pleasure to read. It's, it just is like, it, it reads like reading a regular book. And so if you don't have a Bible that's just the Bible, it, it doesn't have any other things in it, it's just the Bible, then I invite you to, to find one. Pick one of these up and... Um, it's just, and just be alone. See what happens when it's just you and the Holy Spirit and God's word. Now the steps of Lectio Divina are very simple. They can be charted by the acronym PRAY, which is another commercial. This acronym comes from this book, also on the book table, How to Hear God, a simple guide for normal people. So if you're normal, you could check that out. If not, I don't have anything for you, sorry. Um, just kidding. Uh, so, yeah, this is, is from there. I found it super helpful, P-R-A-Y. Here's what it could look like. First, before you jump into Lectio Divina, before you start P-R-A-Y, pray what you've got, what we talked about last week. Pray what you've got. Just pour out your heart to God, whatever you wake up thinking about, whatever's on your mind. And then P stands for us. This is the slowing down. And we're back where we quiet our souls, turn our attention to God, and maybe just kind of breathe one simple prayer. Holy Spirit, come. Father, I'm here. Just take a few breaths to quiet. Maybe kind of scan your body. Start with your toes and kind of feel up to your head and see if you're like kind of you know, clenching your fists. Or for me, it's all, I'm always clenching my jaw or I'm just keeping tension somewhere in my body and and just remember the spirit lives in your body and ask the spirit to give you peace there. And after you pause, R stands for read and reflect. So if you're doing our, pray, uh, our prayer plan that we passed out, the invitation is to be in the Psalms, uh, which, spoiler alert, we're gonna be preaching through the Psalms through, uh, after this prayer, uh, prayer series so you can get comfortable 
read through the Psalms and you just pick one. You don't have to read them all or anything like that. Just pick one and, uh, and, and get into it. Just read it a couple times. Just read it through, just normal. Read it out loud if you can. If you have your journal, jot down words or phrases that stick out to you. Uh, and particularly in the Psalms, which are poetry, full of imagery and emotion, just be curious, like what, what, what it makes you feel. I remember preaching through the Psalms a, a couple years ago. We preached on Psalm 4 about anger, where it says in the Psalm, about be, talks about being angry. And I remember talking in a community group, and one's like, that doesn't mean, we never get angry. That doesn't mean being angry. And the person leading the community group's like, oh, it says it right there. You just, you see things in the Psalms that we might not be comfortable with, and that's okay. Honestly respond to the scriptures. The Holy Spirit, who Jesus said, was sent to guide you into all truth, to remind you of things Jesus said. There's no way to mess it up. The only way you can mess it up is to try to do it right, to try to make something happen or force an outcome or to tie a bow on everything. It's God's, it's God's job to tie a bow and make the outcomes happen. Your job is just to, to show up. A is ask. You enter, oop, oop, there he is. Uh, you enter into dialogue with God about what the scripture say, says and how you're experiencing the scriptures. What do you have to say to me about that, God? So on Thursday morning, when I, I wrote most of this teaching, um, that earlier before I was writing, I, I was struggling with just some heavy-heartedness about some really sad stories I had heard th- this past week. Uh, one in particular, Sheila Hill told me about a conversation she had with a first grader at the Windsor Elementary LifeWise where he told her he wanted to die because he'd seen two of his other first grade friends die in a car, ac- car accident and gun violence, and he wanted to go to heaven and be with his friends. And you know, just, I, mean, I didn't see it or, or see him or anything, but I just, my heart broke for that kid, for thousands, millions that are like him. You know, just the devastation and grief in, in an atmosphere where no one has resources or ability to, to help them process trauma in a healing way. And it just seemed like the tidal wave of evil was like overwhelming. So I was kind of praying out what I, what I had, which was that stuff. And then, because it was January 11th, I read Psalm 11, which says this, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on the earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with passion. On the wicked he will rain fiery coals and burning sulfur. Scorching wind will be their lot, for the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. I just felt seen and loved by God through his word. I was not the the first person to, to look at evil in the world and feel overwhelmed and want something to be done about it. I felt like God saw me in my sorrow and he said, me too. I hate it too. I love justice and I hate wickedness and violence. Wasn't that kind? And that brings us to the last letter, Y, which is yield. As you go through this process, you read scripture, you you ask questions, you hear from God, you just yield. You say okay 
to whatever, whatever he says. I always want God to give me marching orders, some big project to go tackle. But he knows me, and most often what he says to me is just an invitation to let him run the world, <laughs> to let him be God and just quietly go about my day in faithfulness. And so that's what happened Thursday, just staring at this psalm, the God who will bring justice against evil. And I'd say, okay. And I went down to the basement to work out. Just do the next thing. I heard God say to me, me too. His heart breaks over evil. He's angry about violence. And, and his word says, I will do something about it. Other times, yield might mean do something. Call someone to ask for forgiveness or confess sin. Or, and, and what I found is people who struggle with passivity tend to feel courage to act when they listen to God. Feel their father's care, encouragement, upbuilding. They feel, oh, okay, I can go do this now. Which brings us back to the main idea. The core of listening prayer is feeling seen and loved by God in the details of our lives. Seen and loved by God in the details of our lives. To close, I just want to touch on one last reason why we don't listen in prayer. Something Ryan Marsh brought up as we were processing this, this topic is that our perception of God's posture towards us is going to dramatically affect the way that, that we anticipate hearing his voice. Like, if we, we think maybe God loves us, we, or we believe it theologically because Jesus died for our sins, but we don't think he likes us, like delights in us, wants to know you, wants to hear about your life, how might you experience a two-way dialogue? The reality is a lot of us, pretty much all of us, the default is to project our, father, our earthly father experience on our heavenly father until learn otherwise. Listening prayer requires us to grab hold of the truth of God's written word, which is that in Christ, you are his beloved child, and he is a compassionate father who's proud of you, who, who sees where you are, who sees where you're going, who sees what you're trying to do, who has patience and compassion for your weaknesses, who sings songs of delight over us because we are his prized possession. We are his workmanship, his masterpieces. Listening prayer is life application of the tidal wave of God's tender, steadfast, never giving up, never stopping, always and forever love. By stopping to slow down and listen to the God of love is how we, we put ourselves in the stream of God's love and allow it to get to the deep, tender parts of our heart. And that changes everything. It silences our fear. It gives us courage for our lives. It fuels our love for other people. Let me pray. Oh, Father, thank you that you are a God who hears us. Thank you that you are a God who wants us to speak to him. Thank you that you have revealed yourself as a father and that you have not left us alone, saved us, and 
Let us try to figure things out on our own, but you want to speak into the details of our lives. Father, would we be a people who slow down enough to listen, to make ourselves available to your love? Father, I pray against any condemnation that anyone might be feeling. We know that there's no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And so would we feel great freedom to come to you, praying honestly, praying honestly whatever we have, and to allow your spirit to speak to us. Father, I pray that uh, this week would be, be filled with praying the scriptures and that we would hear you speak to us through the scriptures and in a way like we haven't ever before. I pray, Holy Spirit, you'd bring to mind what distractions uh, we've used to kind of avoid you or to avoid discomfort around your word and that you would give us courage to just show up uh, to you and to your word and to see what you'll say to us in it. Father, would we be people who are transformed by your love as we pour out our hearts to you and as we listen carefully. In Jesus' name, amen.